Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Now you work at IBM and your neighbor works at IBM. Uh, you're both ethical workers. You both put in the same amount of time. You work hard for the company and you should. But at the end of the week, you come to church and you give your tenth to the Lord. During the week, they're working for IBM. You're working for IBM, but you're doing something else. You're working for God. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Today, Pastor Ed continues our dynamic series in the Psalms by unpacking Psalm 127. The writer of this psalm begins his exhortation by pointing out that all of life and all of men's accomplishments are meaningless and vanity if the Lord is not in them. In fact, we can't even protect what we've built without God. Pastor Ed teaches us that when we do God's will His way, the fruits of our labors will last for eternity. Therefore, whatever we do, we should do it for the glory of God. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message in Psalm 127. Building in faith. Charles Spurgeon said, Man's heart has only enough life in it to pursue one object fully. Think about that. All the strength, all the energy, everything you have, you only have enough to pursue one object fully. It was a regular Monday. You know, just a normal Monday where preachers get up late, drag themselves out of bed, go to the bank to deposit our paychecks. That's when we do it on Mondays, at least at Faith Assembly. I didn't expect a profound conversation from a bank teller. There Becky was. I asked her a casual question. Becky, how was your week? You know what she said? Well, it was good, but it went too fast. My response, well, it's better than sitting in a dentist office waiting to be called. No offense to our dentist. But she said, no, it went too fast. I feel like I missed something. I thought about that statement. That's all right for a week. We've all been there. But sometimes we feel that way after a month. Or maybe after a whole year. Could be a whole season of our life seems like life just goes by so very quickly. He was a great preacher, an author. He was a builder, brilliant man. He had accomplished so much. And when he looked back on it all and he looked back on life, this is what he said, meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does a man gain 
from all his labor at which he toils under the sun. Those were the words of Solomon, the preacher. Sometimes life is like a merry-go-round. Do you ever feel that? Monday comes, and then Friday's here, and the weekend just goes too fast, and then Monday comes, and Friday's here, and then the weekend. You, know, you go to work, you get home, you eat, you go to sleep, you go to work, you go home, you eat, the whole, it's just one constant merry-go-round. Maybe that's what Solomon was trying to communicate to us. Life sometimes seems like it's meaningless. The day of your birth, the day of your death, placed on your tombstone, and in between, one short dash. Now unpack that dash, and crowded into it is a life filled with activities. Going to school, going to work, raising a family, doing all the things that people do. But how significant is that dash? What does it really mean? Solomon, I believe, pondered that. Life sometimes can be an exercise in futility. We can invest ourselves in things that at the end have absolutely no significance. Psalm 127, I believe, is the answer to that. Our life's work is only meaningful when God is its architect and builder. Only when God is in it does our work, does our labor really count and last. In this Psalm 127, the psalmist says in verse 1 and 2, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand in guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. Vain, vain, vain. What does it mean? It means empty, useless, purposeless. Well, wait a minute. These are things that we pursue. Our young people, as they're growing up, they want to know who they're going to marry. They're interested in building a home, establishing a career, having a family. Those are natural desires. We all want security, guarding a city. We know what that is in these times. We all want to make a living. But Solomon looks at life and he makes this comment, it's all vanity. Pursuing our life's work without God in it is meaningless. That's what he's saying. Pursuing our life's work without God in the very midst of it, it's meaningless. Now, he talks about building a home. That's not just an edifice. It could be a dynasty, a family. He talks about guarding a city. It's not just a matter of protecting people. It's protecting families, providing a living. Uh, we all know what it is to need daily bread. 
But it's not a result of extraordinary human effort. I hear that. That's what he's saying. Now, building a home, it's not all that easy. You know. A home, that's a basic eunuch of life. Father, mother, husband, wife, children. But how hard it is to have a good home. How difficult it is to have relationships that gel. And a home filled with harmony and love. Unless God builds the home. Guarding the city. Listen, we know with all the debates going on on homeland security. And they're looking back on 9-11 and they're saying... Could we have done something? And all of the things, we realize that that's important. But a couple of decades ago, Dave Wilkerson said that God gave him a vision. And he saw the walls of protection falling down around our country. It was a prophetic word. But I could go back to the very founding of our country and listen to the words of a statesman. He spoke at the convention for the forming of the Constitution of the United States. And he delivered this address in 1797. Uh, Listen to his words. We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. And I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall proceed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. That was a part of Benjamin Franklin's speech. The psalmist said it this way, let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. The psalmist again said in Psalm 20, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Our safety is not in having a great army, though we ought to have a good army. It's not in having the best sophisticated defense, though we ought to do that. Unless God guards us, it's all vain. Providing a living. I believe what the psalmist is saying at this point is this. You were made for something bigger than just a nine-to-five job. You were made for something eternal. Because the Bible says God has put eternity in our hearts. And what he meant by that was that we know that this life, there's more to it. The psalmist was saying, if you run your life on self, It's the wrong fuel. It's like trying to run a car on low octane. An octane that isn't made for that car. The car's engine begins to knock and you damage it. Whenever you begin to live life for yourself, whenever self is the motivating factor, the gas that gets you going, you're going to find out that the engine starts breaking down. We call it burnout. Sunday prepares us for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday prepares us for the rest of the week. Because on Sunday we worship God. And it's an opportunity to reflect 
and to look forward as well and to put our priorities in order. It's an opportunity to think about our lives in relationship to God. To order our lives so that we're in harmony with him. The psalmist said in Psalm 139, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. God has a plan for your life. Now, you work at IBM and your neighbor works at IBM. Uh, you're both ethical workers. You both put in the same amount of time. You work hard for the company and you should. But at the end of the week, you come to church and you give your tenth to the Lord. During the week, they're working for IBM. You're working for IBM, but you're doing something else. You're working for God. You're working for God. In Colossians chapter two, 3, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. So at the end of your life, you're going to get another paycheck. A paycheck from his hand. Because everything you've done, you've done for him. Because you've done everything with this light to do, to please God, to honor God. It's more than just being on the merry-go-round. It's more than just putting in the hours. You're operating your business. You're working in the world. But you're doing it all as an offering to God. Now, there are three things that we can do with our life task. There are three things that we can do. We can create our own agenda and ask God to bless our priorities. Or we can say, God, I'm going to do your will, but I'm going to do it my way. Moses tried that in the, when he killed the Egyptian who was abusing the Israelite. He saw and he knew that God had called him to be a deliverer, but he did God's will his way and he ended up in all sorts of problems. There's a third way. Do God's will, God's way. And when you do God's will, God's way, that lasts. When you do God's will, His way, that counts for eternity. Because your motives are right. Take all the information of your life and you could put it on one of these DVDs. From your birth to when you die, you can get all the information on there. You could stamp on that futile. Empty, if you've done it for yourself. But if you've done it for God, and you've done it His ways, it's going to last for all eternity. Paul said, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I like what Dorothy Sayers says about work. Work is not primarily a thing one does to live. But the thing one lives to do, it is or should be the full expression of the worker's faculties. The thing in which he finds spiritual, mental, and bodily satisfaction. And the medium in which he offers himself to God. The work that God gives us to build homes, to have security, to make a living. We have God at the center of it. He's not at the end of it. 
See, sometimes people put them at the end. And that's going to be vanity. But if you put him at the center and you're under his direction and he's the architect, he's the builder of it all, that's going to last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. A couple of years ago, I went with Matt to Edinburgh, Scotland. Appearing on the crest and it is fixed to all the official documents in Edinburgh is this saying, without the Lord, frustration. You could write that over your own life. If you try and do it on your own, without the Lord, frustration. Without the Lord, emptiness. Without the Lord, meaninglessness. Without the Lord, mere vanity. Now, there's a contrast. Pursuing our life's work with God is meaningful. We can have a life that's filled with meaning. Listen to the end part of verse 2. For he grants sleep to those he loves. I really like the way the New Jerusalem Bible translates that. In vain you get up early and put off going to bed, sweating to make a living, since he will, since it is he who provides for his beloved as they sleep. Hmm. Solomon wrote this psalm. And I believe there's an allusion to Solomon in his words. Because Solomon is called the beloved of God. In fact, when Solomon was born, God gave him a name. It's found in 2 Samuel 12, 25. It's Jedidiah. And that means beloved of the Lord. You remember Solomon's life. God came in the middle of the night. And he came to him in a dream. And God spoke to him. And said, Solomon... What do you want? And he asked for wisdom and God said, I'm going to give you everything else. God provides for Solomon in his sleep. God provides for him when he couldn't labor, when he couldn't do anything, when he was resting. I believe what Solomon was saying here is this. Unless God blesses what you're doing, it doesn't matter. Unless God's hand is upon it, it's futile. God will provide for you even when you're sleeping. When you have the favor of God on your life, he's blessing the work of your hands. You could stay up late at night and you could get up early in the morning. But if you don't have the favor of God, it doesn't matter. But if God's favor is on you, even when you're resting, God is providing for you. God is preparing for you. God is in your, in your corner helping you. Oh, what a wonderful truth. There are some things that we just can't acquire in ourselves. Now, Jesus describes the kingdom of God in this way. He describes it in Mark's gospel, the fourth chapter, the 26th verse. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, and he does not know how. That parable is describing the growth of the kingdom. A man sleeps. And he's telling his disciples this. I'm going to take care of my church. I'm going to build it. Didn't Jesus say, I will build my church? 
When God's favor rests on your life and you put God's priorities first and you are building with God, you are involved in God's projects, He will take care of you. He will see that they prosper. He will see that they grow. Everything depends on God's blessing. God puts a pen in your hand. He tells you, write your own autobiography. The ink in that pen is time. And he says, write the story. Will you let him sit beside you and write it with you? Because every one of your days was planned out before one of them ever happened. What an incredible promise God gives us. That he will be there with us. Now, what are some of the projects that God gives? Solomon could have picked out many projects. But one of them he picked out that gives meaning to your life's work. One of the illustrations he used is children. That's my second point. God bestows gifts into our lives. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children a reward from Him. Children are not your achievement. There are two extremes in our world. The one extreme says this, children impinge on my freedom. They're an added burden to my life. There's something that gets in, in my way. On the other hand, there are those who make their children an idol and they bow down and they worship and they give in to every whim of their children. Children are a gift from God to raise up for him. We are to raise up a chil children who seek the Lord. Uh, in the book of Genesis, it talks about Seth. Uh, he called on the name of God. He called on God. We're to raise up a godly heritage that will call on the name of the Lord. I think about the dedication services we have. We have one this afternoon, 115. The dedication services, we often read a passage found in 1 Samuel. It's Hannah's prayer. She said, I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted me what I've asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Uh, what we pass on to our children is this sense that they belong to God. We pass on a spiritual heritage. If your son or your daughter goes to an Ivy League school and is a success in this world, but their walk with Christ is nominal, the dash between the day of their birth and the day of their death is going to be vanity, meaningless, empty. What's important is their relationship to God. That's the most important thing we have. Now, that's one of the illustrations that Solomon uses. He says, God blesses us with children. And that's a project that he gives us to raise them for him. They're not our achievements. They're his gifts. There's a lot of gifts that come to us. In the book of James, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Heavenly Father. 
It comes down from God above. Hasn't God given you gifts that should just echo in your heart an attitude of gratitude? The Psalms are a wonderful place to turn to when in the midst of the most difficult times in this life. Pastor Ed will be sharing a 14-part series of messages from the book of Psalms with hopes that you'll be encouraged each time you join us. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. You're one.